You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ICTPOD. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code ICTPOD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 and older and physically present in New York. Eligibility restrictions apply. A minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full details. If you have a gambling problem, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. And now for the episode. You're as cold as ice You're willing to sacrifice our love Alright everyone, it's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes Podcast. Zach Jones, despite seemingly playing well according to almost every Ranger fan, has been sent down to the AHL. Here to break it down with me is Caden Belint of the Odd Man Rush Podcast. Caden, thanks for joining me. How are you? Hey, thanks, Joe. Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, got a good Thursday, snowstorm coming tomorrow, hopefully. So hopefully we're going to just relax all day tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So again, yeah, we're on, uh, recording this on a Thursday. So this is right before the Rangers play the Capitals at home for the first time since the Tom Wilson incident. So oh. that, that's going to be really interesting. We'll have to see what happens there. Opening night, opening night, nothing yeah. ended up happening. We all thought there was going to be a line brawl at the very beginning. That didn't end up happening. There was nothing. So maybe tonight is the night. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, I, I'm kind of hoping that uh, Wilson gets booed. I mean, obviously, after what he did to Panarin. Oh, I think of it course, was, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah you got you got to hope. I mean, I saw people saying on Twitter that could it match the John Tavares coming back to the coming back to the aisles. I don't think so, but it it should be. It if once they announce Tom Wilson's name in the starting lineup, there should be nothing but boos raining down from the rafters at MSG. You know the uh, the Potvin sucks chant. It should be Wilson sucks. It should be Wilson sucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they should change that 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 chant now. So like, I mean, it's irrelevant now. Potvin is irrelevant now. But yeah. like, anytime something bad happens, it should be like insert name here sucks. Like yeah, keep Wilson the whistle. Sucks. It's like yeah. like at, when Subban injured Blay, the rest of that game. Anytime that chant came up, I would have replaced uh, Potvin with Subban. Don't you mean Sluban? Sluban, yeah, sure. Exactly. That works, <laughs> that works too. All right, but let's get into the meat of the episode. So, again, Zach Jones has been sent down, again, despite playing well, according to all Ranger fans, pretty much. Like, uh, that pairing with Schneider, Schneider-Jones, there's the third pair. Young pairing, 
young defensemen, both skilled, offensively talented. They look good. They look like they were holding their own. And then, you know, Patrick Nemitz ready to go. I don't know what he's got going on with him. I'm sure he was, I think he was dealing with some personal issues, but he's back in the lineup. Um, he was fifth in game score, actually, which is really surprising against Ottawa. Against Ottawa, Patrick Nemitz yeah. was fifth in game score, which is, which is crazy. I can't believe it. Um, I guess the Rangers feel like Nemeth or Jones basically could do what Nemeth does and you know Nemeth is their guy so I guess that's why they replaced Jones but in my opinion I think I think uh, it should have been the other way around I think Jones should has a lot more to offer especially down in the in the the long run what do you think yeah so um watching Jones that game while his first game back up yeah I thought it looked great uh the Rangers right now really only have one big offensive D guy, and that's obviously Adam Fox. Um, I mean, you rely on Lindgren to lock it down uh, and, and knock people off. Uh, you same with Truba. He's kind of more of a lock it down guy. Miller is more of a two-way. Uh, I'm loving Schneider's game, but you need another offensive threat. And uh, obviously you don't rely on the defensive score all the time, but I think that Jones should still be up and you can, and uh, Gallant could easily run Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Truba, and then Jones, Schneider, and then Nemeth being the seventh D. Uh, I know there's a big reason why they wanted to bring in Nemeth in the offseason was because they knew that Nils was ready to go and they wanted to get that um, countryman connection, that Swedish connection, uh, and have him help Nils be better. And, I, I, and I'm wanting to say that at the, at the start of the deadline, at the start of the free agency frenzy, when we picked up Nemeth, I was, I was perfectly fine with the deal. I thought this was great. You only got him for, I think it was like two years at about 1.25, just about that area. I thought it was a great deal. I think Drury made a good signing there, but you can't really fault Drury for the way he's playing now. So can't really blame that. You can't look at back in hindsight and say, well, in hindsight, Drury should have made that deal because Nemeth's not playing great. Uh, obviously, Nemeth was out for a little while, uh, personal issues. Um Obviously, you might not like the way he's been playing, but you got to feel for the guy in terms of family and uh, thoughts go out to him no matter what's happening out there. But uh, Jones being sent down, I don't really think should have been a thing that should have happened. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone, everyone when uh, when Jury signed Nemeth, uh, everyone was saying that his analytics were good. I mean, he looked good. But then all the Colorado fans were like, oh, yeah, good luck with this guy. He sucks. And, you know... He hasn't been the greatest. It was um, a three-year contract, two and a half million dollars. Um, so that's going to be a little bit difficult to move, but I think it's possible to move. Um, he didn't look horrible his first game back. I- I'll say that, but there were still some mistakes that it's just like, really, man. Like you're supposed to be the shut. You're supposed to be the reliable third-pair defenseman. Like just don't make a mistake or whatever. And like that's basically to me personally. That's all I've seen. That's all the flaws that I've seen. Like I feel like Nils Lundqvist or, or Zach Jones should be getting a, a chance to, you know, hold down the that last spot. Who knows? Maybe if there's another injury, he'll come back up. There's basically nothing Jones can do to keep himself in the lineup, which is which is unfortunate. But I I also give props to Gallant for, you know, sticking with his guys. Like not just you know sticking with whatever's working. You go back to that stretch of the, uh, the California games um, when we had like Gettinger and uh, um, Anthony Greco in the lineup. 
as soon as those as soon as like Hunt and the other guys were ready to come back in, he said, All right, yeah, those are our guys that are coming back in. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, and I think back to the years that we had Quinn uh behind the bench and uh, he, he would move everybody around. He moved everybody around. Obviously, like you see a good game from, for example, like Dettinger or Greco. Quinn would say, "All right, you had a good game. I'll give you another game." And then he has a poor game, but he'd say, "All right, you had one poor game. I'll give you another game." He wouldn't stick to what was been working. And obviously, the Rangers are one of the best teams in the Metro right now. Uh, so Gallant is saying, "Well, what works? What works? Uh, if we need to swap guys in, we'll swap guys in." Obviously, start with Dettinger, Greco. Uh, possibly Morgan Barron tonight. Uh, he said sooner rather than later, which I'm excited to see. I love Barron's game, but uh, uh, I, I like you, like you said, Golan sticking with his guys, and I love it. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up David Quinn, and you can also think back to how he always utilized Brett Howden in every situation imaginable, and even when he was playing horribly, like just yeah. terrible, and. It just—it was very clear to all Rangers fans that the guy should not have been in the lineup. He was once a first-round pick. He had talent, and it just—I don't know. Maybe playing him in the bottom six for too too long just destroyed all of that skill that he had. Um, but uh, I mean, I agree. I like—I like, I like uh, Gallant. His that mentality of like, all right, these are our guys. This is the team we have. It, it really brings the camaraderie together, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why. The team has been so success- successful this year as compared to last year. Uh, obviously, I think they're going to make the playoffs. We'll see how far they go, but just making the playoffs, that's a successful season in my opinion. Yeah, um, and I think Kako said this in an interview uh, a little earlier on, like maybe a month ago, two months ago, talking about how um, he, when he's playing with Subbanajad and Kreider, he's actually staying with them. And just because he has one bad shift, he's not getting sent down, sent down to the fourth line uh, or the third line with these grinder guys. Uh, so, and I got to commemorate Gallant for that. He has faith in his, in the top two rookies. He's got faith in Kako and he's got faith in Lafreniere. So, uh, seeing him put him with these big guys, obviously Lafreniere's taking over the spot for uh, Kako right now once, well, while he's out for at least, I think he said another month, uh, which... Sad, Kako's my favorite player in the Rangers right now, but seeing Lafreniere on the top line with uh, Zibanejad and Kreider is fantastic, and I think he's been playing really well. He hasn't been putting the puck in the back of the net, but he's all over the ice. You see him all over the place, and that's what I love to see. Yeah, I think that's the first step towards getting your name on the score sheet more often. I mean, for a guy like Lafreniere, who is always like the best player on his team, you know, it's kind of weird see, hearing that that statement. Like, you would just figure, all right, yeah, he's the best player, so he's going to be scoring no matter what. But he's got to work for it in the NHL. He's not – he's a great player. He's, he's, he's got a lot of talent. But, of course, those guys like Crosby, McDavid, they don't come around too often. And Lafreniere, unfortunately, is not one of those guys. Maybe he'll be like a Stamkos or a LeCavalier uh, where he's also – where he's a great player but just not like uh, – one of those legendary players. Yeah, you're you're not gonna get to a level of McDavid or Matthews. And that's fine. That's yeah, fine. that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, because you know, obviously playing like Matthews, you're gonna be asking for upwards of thirteen million dollars. And right now, with the cap hit we got, I don't really want to be paying that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, once Kako comes back, you can do so much with the lines. And I think that 
uh, Gallant should keep Lafreniere with the top line and throw Kako in the second line with Pernier and Strom. I, that's what I think you should do. I agree. I've been saying I've been saying this for weeks, and I think a lot of people seem to agree. Um, you know, Kako was playing his best hockey this season when he was on the line with Panarin and Strom. Uh, yeah, I just that was the most excited I've been uh, watching him play. Like I always root for him to to go off because you know there's the the people that say he's a bust, uh, and you think about the journey as a whole, like the rebuild as a whole. He's the guy. That's him. Yeah. He's right there. That's him. He's like the heart and soul of the rebuild, basically. Like, we got the second overall pick. We were lucky enough to win that. This is the kid I want to see break out the most out of all the guys that are on the Rangers. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I can't wait for Kako to come back. I want to see – hopefully Galant just plugs him right in. We have five, six of the top six that we need. Uh, Once he plugs Kako into that second line with Panarin and Strom or first line, whatever you want to call it, uh, I'll be happy. But – as for upgrades, I think uh, I think uh, there's been some rumors going around about JT Miller. Uh, Where's he gonna head? As a Rangers fan, do you think would you like to see them reacquire him? You know, um, for seeing what Vancouver wants for Miller, uh, I think the price is a bit too much. And obviously, you see all those Vancouver fans like under Steven under Stevenson and Mercagliano saying, "Well, we're gonna take Kako and we're gonna take." Schneider and we're going to take a first and that's the start like if if you're if you're if Vancouver's calling up Drury and saying listen we'll give you Miller but we're going to want Lafreniere I'd hang up the phone immediately and look somewhere else Lafreniere has like Miller was great Miller when he was in New York he was great fantastic I loved him it gutted me to see him go when he went to Tampa it hurt me to see him go and now the rumors that he might come back the rumors that they're looking at him are funny to me because you had him and you could have kept him. Mm-hmm. Obviously a rebuild has to happen. And the way, the way Miller's playing right now in Vancouver has been great. He's been really stepping it up. He's been one of their best players, obviously next to Pedersen, Besser and Horvat. And you love to see it from Miller, but um, if the asking price is too much and if Vancouver's calling up Drury and saying, listen, we want like Schneider to start or we want Kako to start. That's where I draw the line. And I hang up the phone. I agree with you. I mean, JT Miller is like at that, he's the same age as Mika, and he's like one of those guys that you would want to keep around if you're doing a rebuild. Um, I I don't understand why they, they packaged him in originally. Uh, I always thought they were going to get something big out of that, like Sergachev or Point. Um, turns out we got Libor Hayek, Domestikov, <laughs> Brett Howden. Hayek the kayak, huh? Yeah, and you know it's just it's disappointing. And out of all those those trades the Rangers made, that was like the the most underwhelming. And uh, we're just lucky that we 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 hit had slam dunks on like the Nash trade. Uh, even even when we traded Spooner for Strom, like that's a slam dunk trade. That's crazy. Um, you could even look at the. Um, the trade we traded uh, uh, Nick Holden to, to the Bruins. We got a, like a third round pick back, and then we used that pick to draft Joey Keane, and then Joey Keane gets flipped for Julian Gauthier, a first round pick. Like yeah. that's incredible. You tra- you tra- you turned Nick Holden into a first round pick, basically. And Gauthier I, I... is 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 good. The only thing that he could do he can't do is score. 
That's it. He does everything else well, and it's it bothers me so much that that guy can't put it all together because if he gets it going, he could give like Lafreniere and, and Kako like a run for their money in that top six position. The way he plays, yeah. Uh, and let's not forget that uh, one of the pieces that came back was a first round pick in that Miller trade, and that ended up being Nose Lundquist. Oh yeah, uh, yep. and that was great. Um, love Lundquist's game, but now it's funny how. Like earlier in the season, when we were uh, all calling Drury to make a, make calls on Eichel and saying, "Hey, make a call on Eichel, make a call on Eichel," and Saber Sanders saying, "We're going to want Nils Lundqvist or Braden Schneider, or we're going to want Nils Lundqvist," like say, "No, we're not trading Lundqvist. We'll give mm-hmm. you Schneider." And now we're at almost Flip we're flipping it around and now saying, "Now we can afford to lose Lundqvist because Schneider's big body out there. I love his game." And at the time when uh, Gorton wanted to trade up for him, and I think it was actually Davidson's idea to trade up for him. I was like, I was, I was scratching my head because we needed depth uh, all around the place, and I kind of want to make a move after. Uh, I wanted to make a move after um, uh, Hendricks Laprier. Yeah, or we even needed the center. That's exactly who I thought the Rangers were going to draft. I wanted Laprier. I wanted Lucius. I can understand why they wouldn't go Laprier just because the injuries had a couple. He's had injury problems in his career. Uh, and obviously you don't want that for a guy like that, but right now in Washington, he's been playing great, but you know, picking up, uh, picking up Schneider over, even over, uh, New Jersey for them to force to, uh, I think, uh, the next pick they took was Shakir Mukahama Doolin from, uh, the KHL best last name in all of hockey, but, <laughs> um, no, uh, and I think that, uh, if Schneider was still available in New Jersey, he'd be in New Jersey right now. And I think that was a great move by Davidson and, Gorton and he'll be one of your lockdown D men to come and one and if slash when Truba goes, Schneider's jumping right there for Truba and that's fantastic. Yeah, I said that last week uh on, on our podcast that it seems like Schneider's the direct replacement for Truba. I mean I love Truba's game this year. Obviously this is his best season as a Ranger by far. Um this is the way he needs to play. The only problem is that cap hit, eight million dollars, mm-hmm. and it's just it's really difficult to manage with with that. I mean, at the deadline, we supposedly have like the most cap space, but it's the problem is in the off season when we have to resign Strom, Kako, Goche, all those guys. Um, we're only gonna have like ten, eleven million dollars depending on the the ceiling. So we'll have to assess. You know, is it is it are we gonna go after J T. Miller and give up on Ryan Strom? Is that gonna be our second line center for the future? Or are we gonna stick with Strom and keep him with Panarin? I think we should stick with Strom. We joke around about him missing empty nets uh, a lot, but they have so much chemistry together. It's pretty difficult to like split them up unless you have you get me something significant of an upgrade like an Eichel. So maybe Shifley. I would have done. I would have even done Buchnevich for Bo Horvat when that that trade was going around. That rumor was going around in the summer. I would have done that. I'd rather have Bo Horvat than Sammy Blay. Yeah, um, uh, I, right now, and even when Panarin came over and Quinn decided to throw him with Panarin, I think that was Quinn's greatest greatest decision to ever do. He he threw him with Panarin, and they instantly clicked, and that's something you can't um, switch up. So uh, I would continue to talk with Strom right now and see what he wants. I would, I would figure out what he wants and uh, work with that because I'd rather keep Strom. Obviously, unless you're getting a guy like Mark Shifley, um, 
I'm a big uh, Jet. I'm a big Winnipeg fan. Second after the Rangers, and I love Shifley's game. But uh, losing him from Winnipeg would be tough. But bringing him to New York would be so much sweeter. Mm-hmm. That'd be so much sweeter. I think Shifley's great, and I don't think Vancouver will move Horvat. I think Horvat's staying there. He's the captain. He's the heart and soul of the team right now. Uh, so I think the only one that could be available to move, considering uh, rumors around Shifley's heard to pop up once in a while, uh, I think Shifley could be the easy one to go after. And there's also some other guys that that are on the block. A lot of fans have been calling for Arturi Lekkanen from Montreal. Phil Kessel's ask the asking price for him is very low. It was like a third round pick. It might even be a fourth round pick as we speak. Uh, if that's available, fourth round pick for Phil Kessel, just just do it. Like honestly, <laughs> you have nothing to lose. Like fourth round pick is nothing. Yeah. yeah um... Especially with Arizona drafting, that might screw something up and like get it taken away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've had some tough times. Um, a while ago, when looking at some trade rumors, I um, kind of mentioned to my friend, my co-host of my own show, uh, that Rangers need to look at something. And there's a lot of pieces they can look at across the league. Uh, I listed a couple down, one being Connor Garland from Vancouver. There's been a lot of rumors about him, and uh, if he's open, I want him 100%, no matter what, make a move on him. I think he's great. I think he's what, what you need to What does he do specifically that would fit? Where would you play him on the if he was on the Rangers? See, that's where that comes in. Uh, I know he can play both wings. I know he can play both wings, which is great about him. And uh, if Lafreniere stays great, you can keep Lafreniere in the first line. You can do Kreider, Mika, Lafreniere. Second line, when when Kako's back, you do Panera and Strom Kako. Third line, you can do, uh, say, if it's still Gautier, you could do Garland, Hito, Gautier on okay. that third line. That's a third line scoring threat. And then you got Rooney, Goudreau, uh, and Reeves in that bottom line. Uh, but along with that, I also mentioned Lekkanen, uh, and I think Lekkanen would be a great, great addition. Uh, but after the way that Montreal's been playing, I don't know if they want to move him. I mean, obviously, just four games, and they're still one of the weaker teams in the league. But I don't know if um, Kent Hughes wants to move on from him right now. It is also uh, Jeff Gordon in charge there, too. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he, he realizes the situation Montreal is in, that they need to be stocking up on younger players. Like, uh, so moving on from a guy like Lekkanen, who's not old, but, like, I mean, no. he's not – I mean, if you have guys like Suzuki, you'd probably want to start a little bit younger. Yeah, but it's kind of the same situation as before. I don't know how old is Lekkanen? Uh Let's see. So he's twenty-eight. Okay, so same age as Zabanajad, like right now. So like, I mean, uh, but when Rangers started the rebuild, Zabanajad obviously was younger. So yeah. I mean, maybe you'd want to move on from a guy like that at this point. Sorry, he's 26. He's 26. Okay, so he, then maybe you keep him. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But he's like more of a defensive like forward. Am I right? Like, I, Yeah, I, he's, he, he's a guy who can score, but he's a guy you're going to rely on throwing out there on a penalty kill. Like, he's a penalty killer guy. Like He's like a, a, like a two-way forward. Like I'm going to grind it out and have a great defensive game and make sure that puck does not go in the back of the net. Okay, and you would probably throw him on the third line then if it's yeah. not Garland. Yeah, and then um, if it's not Garland, I would easily uh, put Lafreniere in the first line with uh, Panarin and with uh, Kreider and Mika. Second line would be Panarin showing with Kako. In the third line, you could easily do 
Lekin on the left with Heedle and Gautier. Easily. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the defensive upgrade. I mean, our penalty kill is already good. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to yeah. get much better. The only thing with Garland, I mean, he just signed an extension. And it is uh, it's like five, 4.95. It's a pricey one. Five years, yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's a good player. It's just... Uh, that's a lot. I mean, for, yeah. for the Rangers, for the Rangers, a lot, and especially if you're going to put them on the third line. Maybe if they retain some salary, which I highly doubt they'll do because it's five years. It's uh... yeah, it's way too much for them to retain salary, even if it's like even if it's like nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Still, way way too many years for them, considering a rebuild they might want to go through. There's also Philip uh, Forsberg, who's also on the block. Rumors just came out about him. What do you think about uh, that? Oh, Forsberg, man. Uh, you would have to like put him in the top six. Like You can't e- put him in easily. the bottom six. Easily. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he's a right winger. If I'm not mistaken, I think he can play right wing, um, which is what the Rangers really need right now. They really need like a number one right winger. Obviously, trading Booch was tough. Uh, and <laughs> there's, there's Rangers fans who are uh, mad about it, so mad about it. He's obviously developing into a star in St. Louis and love the guy. Uh, I'm just I, now starting to realize the stupidity of that trade. Like, I mean, I, I think Blay has a lot to offer. I, I have hope that he'll he'll turn out to be a good bottom six player. But you gave up an, a point-per-game first-line right winger, like, essentially, for a bottom six player. Like, you could have done that with some one of your other assets. Like, yeah, you could have done that with Heedle. Because like, yeah. the Rangers are going to probably have to move on from Heedle because I don't think he's going to be 3C. The way he's playing, it's just not enough. He's not sustainable, like, the way he's playing. I mean, he's got his flashes, but if you get me, like, a Pavelski, even at his age, Pavelski, he's probably, he'd probably be more effective to that third line. Our third line's, like, not good enough offensively. For a playoff run, no, we're not. We're our third line is not up to snuff with with teams like Tampa and uh, Carolina or Florida. Even Colorado. Florida can't you can't compete right now. I mean, they're great. Even even look at uh, uh, Toronto. I mean, they're having a great season right now, and you can't and your and your third line can't be up to snuff right now with that third line. You need to make an upgrade. I think Drury knows that he needs to make an upgrade if he wants the team to go to a deep playoff run, and I think also kind of Gallant's in his ear saying, listen, we have a great team right now, but I need like these two, I need like two to three more players and then we're set. Like I kind of think back to what uh, Keenan did in 94. Uh-huh. If you, if you watch the, um, like the Rangers run of the cup, uh, how Keenan was in the ear of um, Neil Smith saying, listen, he's like, Smith is like, what do you need? Tell me what you need. He's like, listen, this team right now cannot win a cup, and I know what pieces I need to win a cup. And he's like, well, "You're asking me to trade a Monty. I, I won't. I don't want to move a Monty. Tony Monty, obviously one of the better Ranger draft picks, uh, was the only one to I think hit sixty points with the, the team last, draft. The, the last, last forward one. to hit sixty points. First, last yeah. Rangers first round forward to hit sixty points, and looks like Kreider's going to do that this year. But yeah, it's yeah. been it's been like almost thirty years, maybe even. And, it has been thirty years, I think. But yeah, ninety three. It was last when he when he last hit it. Yeah. And uh, if Gallant's doing the same thing, then great. I, I think that I think even Gallant kind of wants a guy like Riley Smith, and that I'd be okay. I'd be okay with if you don't resign him because he's got a five million dollar cap for one more year. Throw him right in that third line. 
Yeah, I, Riley Smith for a th- or third line, or even like March or so. Uh, I remember back in the beginning of the year, um, we were talking about March or so uh, for just for the middle six. That would that would work. And you also you, okay, so like yeah, in '94, I also mentioned like Mike Gartner too. They had and they had to move on from him, but it's just that's basically where the Rangers had a great team then, and they kind of blew it all up for just the one cup run. It had been 54 years, yeah, and that was like basically the year this this is different we're not we don't have a 54 year jinx on us so i think we should just keep the keep the process like you know trust it trust, trust the, the process. process that's the thing that's what we always say uh we'll take a page out of the 76ers book uh i don't watch too much basketball but i know that's the that's the thing um yeah. i i think for if if they go for a guy like forsberg i don't think i think it would strictly be a rental because he already have it's tough because you have Kako and Lafreniere, and you want to keep those guys along, yeah, keep those around, those guys around for the long run. Uh, you can't give up on them for a guy like Philip Forsberg. He's great. Forsberg's great. I love the player, but yeah. we have Kako and Lafreniere. That's the that's the problem right there. That's the problem right there. On paper, we should be a Stanley Cup team in like maybe two three years, maybe like n- next year or the following year. Something like that. It just all depends on whether Kako and Lafreniere hit their ceiling or like start to break out. They don't even need to be hit their ceiling. They just need to be great players. That's it. Yeah. Um. And uh, I even talk to my dad about this all the time. Uh, the Rangers window has to be like twenty four. Like they're right there. Uh, you have a great defensive core. You have a great coaching staff. Uh, great, great starting goaltender and Igor. I mean. It, it, it kind of feels unfair that you go from Richter to Lundqvist to Igor. That's what everyone says. Yeah. And even before that, you get Yakuman, like, and Van Wiesbrook. Like, it, it feels, it kind of feels unfair. It kind of feels a little unfair. Crazy I'm they not had Richter complain. and Van Wiesbrook around at the same time. Like, I know. Like, legendary goalies. Like some of the Rangers greats, and then you, and you're going to Lundqvist, who, the king he's he's the king of new york and he's still the king of new york but we have the we have the prince right now and the prince is really living up to that name that he had when everyone was hyping him up when we kind of knew that uh lundquist was starting to kind of slow down a little bit and we knew that something was going to happen the next couple of years everyone started talking about igor saying watch out for this kid he lives he definitely has lived the hype and yeah um i love i love watching igor he's got he's got something about him that just is different like he's got a swagger He's got like some kind of swagger when he walks out. Like thinking back to um, the shootout when he got injured in the game against Boston, I think it was. Yeah. And how uh, Yurgiv had to come in, and he came out. It, it the, the roof came off the place. So, like everyone was so ecstatic to see him because he's got some kind of swagger. He knew that I'm ready to go and we're gonna win this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got. He's. He's lived up to the hype. Like the two players that have lived up to the hype in the rebuild, I'd say Fox exceeded the hype. Everyone loved him, but like he's just rose risen above above the level. Norris Trophy in his second year, that's crazy. Yeah, and, I, I'm ex- it's, it's 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 weird to say that. Uh, I think everyone knew Adam Fox was going to be a great defenseman. I mean, watching him in Harvard, he was great in Harvard. I, didn't but think obviously... was, I, I, I only heard about him like, oh, yeah, this kid's nice. And I was just like, all right, cool. And then 
I see him play like his first few games or whatever, and then the Fox Lindgren pairing happens, and I was like, these two are holding hands and never letting go for the rest of their careers. They're going to be defense partners forever. That's going to be like Stahl Girardi. <laughs> I just, I just don't see in any situation. I don't care who you trade for and who you pick up. I don't, I don't, I don't care who Drew ever gets. Like he can get the, he can get Victor Hedman. And you're still not breaking up Fox and Lindgren. They're, they are, they are the, like, when you think of the Rangers, think of this defense, you think of Fox, you think of Lindgren. And, that, and that's the great, that's the best thing right now. Like, yep. when you thought of them in the past, you think of Stalin Girardi or even McDonough. McDonough Girardi, too. Uh, that, and that's like Fox and Lindgren. And I love Fox. I love Lindgren. They have such a chemistry together, and I just love seeing it. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of people throw out the hypothetical of putting Fox with uh, Keandre Miller. That would be fun. I think that would be fun, uh, but uh, I don't know. I need Keandre Miller to, to step it up defensively. I really like his offensive game. Really, really like it. You know what? Maybe they should try him out on the wing. They should try him and then and then throw in Zach Jones in, in his spot. That would be, that Why would not? work. Honestly, it would. Why not? Like, he's a big he, guy. He likes to. St- he's stepping up in the offensive zone a lot more, and I like to see it. I didn't see too much of that his, his rookie year last season. Um, but this year, more recently, he has like you saw the wraparound goal. He's had a couple breakaways, even like you you see there's an offensive side to him, and I like I like it. But you know I want to see that him use his body a little bit more. He needs to fill out that big frame of his so that he could be physical like his defense partner Truba. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So do you think? In summary, do you think the Rangers are going to make any moves at the deadline? Yeah, uh, I, I think that they have to. Um, as we mentioned before, <clears throat> this is going to be strictly for rentals. Uh, I, I think it has to be a rental. Uh, what rental it could be, I don't know. A couple names float around. Uh, Ricardo Raquel is a name I keep seeing tossed around out there. Uh, I know Andrew Cop's a big name that's thrown around out there too. I would love Andrew Cop, and since he's a pending UFA could uh and he he's making little money right now he's only making 3.6 uh so that's obviously gonna fill out that third line i, I think cops great but you gotta make something you gotta do something to bump up that score on that third line so you don't have to rely on throwing out mika and Kreider for almost 30 minutes in a night to just score yeah exactly and then panarin's line too as well yeah um, yeah, so the five v five scoring—it's gotten better. It's gotten better. Like they—they put significant amount of pressure in the offensive zone the past uh, in the the three games since returning from break, and I like to see it. Just not enough, not enough putting the puck in the back of the net scoring there. Um, they'll figure it out eventually. I have hope. I have hope. Uh, but for me, I would say the only acceptable rental is Phil Castle, like definitive. Rental is Phil Kessel. Uh, and then the rest, I would just, if you're going to make a trade and you're going to do it, like eh, make do it for a guy that's like has some term on him, like a Miller or someone that you could lock up. Like if you trade for Pavelski, I wouldn't even mind you signing him to an extension for another year. I wouldn't mind that at all because the guy obviously could still play. He's putting yeah. up, he's like point per game in Dallas. I mean, he's getting first line time. So if you trade for him, he would not be getting first or second line time. He'd probably be getting third line time, but I still think he would. He would 
bring a significant upgrade. You th- you talk about his playoff experience, leadership. He's he's great, like all around, good all around player. Um, I think that that would be a a nice upgrade, but uh, I don't know. I don't I don't see. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers made a move, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't make a move. Um, but in terms of like the NHL, do you think it's going to be like a, a busy deadline day? Um, I, I I always feel just that one deal that kind of like opens the floodgates for everything else. Yeah. And I feel like that the Foley deal was at that floodgate. I feel like teams are now like once they saw, oh, well, the Foley got traded. Now we got to start making moves to upgrade. Uh, if there was no moves happening up to the deadline, I think it'd be a, a weaker deadline. But since there's one already big move that happened like three, four weeks before the deadline even hits, their teams are going to start making moves. So I, I think that we're going to have a fun deadline. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that's the case. Uh, I always like seeing, you know, wild trades, like names bouncing all over the place, going different places, new place, new names and new uh, new places, or whatever the saying is, new faces and new places. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I it's always exciting when that happens. I go back to when the Rangers announced their rebuild. Like I was tuned in to it was it was TSN's broadcast. It was on uh, ESPN too. And I watched that, and I was, like, waiting to the last minute, 3 o'clock passes or whatever it was, 4 o'clock passes. And it was, like, no McDonough trade. But then there was a McDonough trade. I want to see that happen. You know, I always I always uh, want to feel, like, on the edge of my seat, I guess you could say. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was on that McDonough trade day. Like, me and my buddy were at school. We were just, like, talking about, like, a good trade's going to happen. Small, minor, like, oh people are going to move for a pick, but nothing significant. And just like all this stuff happening and uh, school ended. And we're just like looking like nothing happened. That, that's awful. And then at the end, like I'm just getting ready to get on the bus. And he's like, dude, McDonald's getting traded. Miller's getting traded. He's coming to Tampa. And I'm like, wait, hold on. What? And he's a Tampa fan. He's, he's a Bolts fan. So, like, obviously, I get, I get his fresh perspective. And I'm like, all right, we're giving you Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. We need someone big, like, surrogate ever point back. I want one of those two back. We didn't get those guys. We got Howden, Hayek, Nemestikov, and a first. And I think it was a conditional first that the condition was not met. Mm-hmm. Or it was a conditional second. But And the condition was if Tampa wins a cup in the next two years, yeah. then they, then they get a first. Yep. I'm like, why? You You – I wonder if Gordon even asked um, Yeiserman four point because because now I kind of want want to wonder like what was Gordon like asking for like was his asking price actually Brett Howden or is he just saying that well we wanted the deal we wanted the deal to start with Howden and then go from there it definitely wasn't we wanted to start with Howden it exactly was, it, it couldn't have been. I mean, at the time, he was, I think he was a pretty good player. Hayek, too, was, was pretty highly touted as a defenseman. Like, and you even go back to, like, his first handful of games with the Rangers in 2018-19. Like, he scored a goal against the Devils. I don't know if that was his first game, but, like, he looked really good. And then ever since then, he just hadn't been, this, has not been the same. Yeah. I thought he was going to be good, Hayek. Like, I was excited. And Nemestikov, too, he was a 20-goal scorer, and that just never lived up to the hype. I mean, he, he was playing with good players, but he couldn't get it done with us. Yeah. Uh, it's, aw- it's awful. 
Yeah, you know, that's just one of those trades that Rangers are going to have to accept and put that one in the loss column. But it's okay, though, because we've had so many W trades. Like Everyone everyone wins trades. Everyone loses trades. And I think we had Gordon. He made, some, he made more wins than he had losses. And I think that was great. Yeah. I think it's great. Easily, yeah. All right, Caden, thanks for hopping on. Did you want to plug your podcast before we hopped off? Yeah, so we're me and my co-host are currently on a hiatus. We're both seniors in college right now, so we're we're right at the we're right at the end. Uh, but the show is the Odd Man Rush podcast. Uh, you can find it everywhere. You get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, and give us both a follow. Both of our Twitter accounts are in the uh, in the bio. Give me a follow on Twitter, Caden underscore Belint. I think you're in a possibly throw it in on the uh on twitter when you put it out there too i will i'll I'll tag yours i'll tag your co-host i'll tag everybody tag everybody yep all right yeah ice cold takes fans you could go listen to that podcast whenever you want uh don't worry i won't be upset i want you to listen to all the ranger fans podcasts uh but yeah stay tuned to next week hey rangers fans thank you so much for listening to the ice cold takes podcast this week Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.